It's time to break the mold of what you've been taught your entire adult life. Welcome to Happily Ever Employed. A career is a business, and you should run it like a business. Every episode of Happily Ever Employed will teach you just how to focus on how to do that. We'll interview everybody, from people trying to figure it out to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. This is Happily Ever Employed. And this is Deetra Giles. All right, y'all. So it's time to do a series because I'm talking to you all. I'm getting feedback. And some of you all are really, really, I mean, like really, really stuck. So we got to get y'all unstuck. That actually, that's the title of my first book, which we're in the process of revising. So don't go out and buy it yet. It's some revisions happening. So unstuck. uh, Unstuck is going to be coming out probably in the fall, the, the revised version of Unstuck, Discovering Career Limiting Actions, will be coming out in the fall. So look for it then. But right now, we got to get y'all unstuck because it's a mess out here. When I say y'all a mess, y'all are a mess. So let's let's get y'all unstuck real quick. So we're about to do a three-part series. I want to do a three-part series for you all. And the series is called Get out. And the essence of this series is I told you all, I am adamant about getting 1000 people promoted and 100 of those into senior leadership this year. And we got to get y'all moving. We're on the way. We we got some stuff happening. But some of y'all are stubborn. And we before Part of getting you out, part of getting you the promotion you want and the pay that you deserve is getting you out of the situation you're currently in. And some of y'all are like mules. Y'all won't move. Y'all will not move from that current situation. So this three-part series is called Get Out. And we're getting you out of the situation you're in. So the three parts is going to be, it's not them, it's you. That's part one. Part two is, you want to aug. I can't argue with you. So we're going to talk about conflict management in this process. And then the last part is going to be stay woke. What is your plan? How do you plan? How do you prepare? How do you exit? So three-part series on Get Out. So let's start today. Let me help you out. The reason you can't get out, that's why this one is called It's Not Them, It's You, because you all remember, you remember when we were dating and you want to break up with somebody, you want to to ease their mind and make them feel good about you leaving them. You would say, it's not you, it's me. I'm just not ready. You're perfect. You're, You're too good for me. I'm just not there. I'm not where you are. It's not you. It's me. You knew you were lying. It was them. It wasn't you. It was them. But this time, the reason you can't get out, it's not them. It is you. And when I say it's you, you are fighting with the demons in your head that are telling you you are less than what you are. Right now, it's not the giant outside of you that's telling you that you can't leave, you're not good enough. It's that little itty bitty ant, that thing in your head that tells you that you are an imposter, that you deserve to be there, that if you leave there, you're not going to be comfortable. Oh, you can't find another job paying what this job pays. Oh, what if you go over there and it's worse? What if it is? 
listen, jobs are available. They're out there. And just like you found this one, you can find another one. Just like you can find another one, you can find another one. Now, here's the deal. The market changes. And so right now we're in an employee market. So jobs are just flowing everywhere. You can find a job. And then it switches and it's an employer's market and jobs aren't as fruitful. But listen to me. Aren't as fruitful is not the same as non-existent. Some of you act as if the jobs are going to become non-existent, and that is not where we are. Jobs are not going to become non-existent. There are going to be jobs available. So talk back to that voice in your head. People say, get rid of that voice. You can't get rid of that voice. That voice resides in you. It's going to be there. But I need you talking back to that voice and saying, you're wrong. You're lying. That is not the case. I tell people that voice is the devil in you. And, and people, old school, I know I have a variety. Uh, I have a diverse listening population. And so some of you all may have never heard this phrase. I have an international population. I have white, I have Latino, I have uh, Asian, I have black. I have a variety of people listening. I know you all are out there. So some of you have, may have never heard this phrase, but in the black community, especially the Southern US black community, we have a phrase that comes from our grandparents, some of our great grandparents. And when someone is saying something so preposterous that it seems outrageous, or if something's happening that we know should not be happening, like we had a plan and things are happening contrary to that plan, someone will just scream out, the devil is a liar, as to say, whatever forces, mainly what we're thinking evil forces are out there that are going against what was supposed to be planned, they are lying and what we planned is going to happen. So we say the devil is a liar. That's what I want you saying to that voice in your head. And not to get too super spiritual, but when we say the devil is a liar, what we're not saying is the devil is lying. We're saying that the devil is basically a liar, is unable to tell the truth. Sidebar, this is why we often make the distinction between someone is lying and someone is a liar. A liar can't tell the truth. Someone lying is not telling the truth, separate thing. But so if anyone has gotten upset with you or vehemently upset with you for calling them a liar and you're like, why are you upset with me? You weren't telling the truth. It's because they view it as you're saying they can't tell the truth as in they habitually lie. All they do is lie versus you're not telling the truth in this situation. Separate conversation, separate day. Let's get back to the topic. So that voice in your head is a liar. It is unable to tell the truth. So if it is telling you you can't do it, it means you can. If it's telling you you won't find another job, it means you can. If it's telling you this is the best it can be, it means it's not. So I need you talking back to that voice in your head. You have to be the first believer in you. You got to be the first to believe in you. You can't wait for others to think you're great. You got to be great. You can't wait for others to elevate you. You have to elevate yourself. You cannot wait for others to sing your praises. You got to hit the high note on your own. So 
first step is to getting out is you believing that you deserve something better than what you currently have. You have to believe that you deserve something better than what you currently have. If you don't believe it, then we can't make it so. If you don't believe it, then it won't happen. You have to make it so. Right. And so that's the first part. But the other part of getting out and it's not them, it's you, is we have to change the words that we use. We have to change the narrative that we have in our head. And what I mean by that is words matter. What some of you know is that I was an English major in undergrad, English and Spanish in undergrad, and I studied words. I even now teach a course um, at different companies in my DEI training on language and linguistic bias. So language and linguistic bias is about the words we use, the actual word choice, and how we sound when we say those words. And so just by hearing someone's voice, you can tell a lot about them. You can tell their race, their age, ethnicity, uh, country of origin, gender, a lot of things you can tell just by hearing a person's voice. But there are also a lot of things that you can tell by the words that they use and how they formulate their sentences. And so you have that language and linguistic bias, but I want you thinking about the language that you use because those words matter. I can tell a lot about where you're going based on what you say. And I really need for you to catch that. I can tell a lot about where you're going based on what you say. And so today, let's have a quick language lesson, especially around career hyperbole. I call this my career hyperbole lesson. This is the lesson around how we use words and hyperbole. So let me break down in case some of you are like, Deetra, you went all the way back. That was seventh grade. You need to break down for me what is hyperbole? Hyperboles are essentially exaggerated statements. But here's the thing about hyperboles is that they are exaggerated statements and they aren't meant to be taken seriously. Like for example, for some of you, this may be a pet peeve. It bothers me a little bit, but I get over it. But you know how people run around saying literally, well, they don't actually mean literally, that's hyperbole. What they mean is it's so intense that it's almost like it was real. Like when someone says, the sun was literally sitting on my shoulder. Well, we all know that the sun was not literally sitting on their shoulder. What they mean was it's hyperbole. It was so intense that it was just like the sun was sitting on my shoulder. Hyperbole. So we often use career hyperbole. And what career hyperbole is are these sentences we say, and we don't even recognize that we're using career hyperbole. We don't, it, it doesn't even register to us that it's happening. So what is really going on is that we are using words and those words translate into our subconscious as reality. And we don't realize how often we allow things to translate into reality for us simply because we're saying things. So here are a few, a few phrases that I know you use all the time. See, hyperbole. You don't use them all the time, but it's hyperbole. But let me give you some. One, I hate my job. You don't stop saying you hate your job. You're in the wrong job, right? Right. 
I, and you don't hate it. You, this is, there are some things about it that I don't like. And it may be a lot of things. It may be a ton of things. You don't like who you work with. You don't like where you work. You don't like going to the office. You don't, but you don't hate your job. And if you hate your job, you should have left yesterday. How you, why you stay somewhere you hate? That's another story. So let's change that. I hate my job to, I am in the wrong job. I'm in the wrong department. I'm on the wrong team. And let me tell you why changing this hyperbole is so important. It's important because when you just have this blanket, I hate my job, you convince yourself that you hate everything about it. As opposed to recognizing there are some very key things about this job that I actually love. I actually love this about my job. I actually love these things. And when I recognize the things that I love about my job, I am intentional about finding the job I actually like because now I have attributes to look for in my next position right? If I recognize I don't hate my job, I hate these aspects, I now know what to look for in my next thing. Another hyperbole that I need for y'all to get. I need this job. You don't need this job. You may need a job, but you don't need this job. And, and that, that, is so, you feel like that's so minor, but it's important. If I feel like I need water, that means I can't stop drinking water or I will die. So I need water. And you may say, well, Dietrich, you could drink tea, you could drink soda and you won't die. One, yes, I will. If I my diet, my liquid consumption only consists of soda and tea, it, it's going to be problematic, but that's neither here nor there. But what I'm saying is, if for a certain amount of time I go without water, even those things, tea, soda, all those things, everything that you drink essentially has a water component to it. Everything that you drink essentially has a water component to it. So if you think about your life without water, you need to be thinking about your death. That's the bottom line. You can't go but for a certain amount of days without water. I need water. And so when we say, I need this job, subconsciously, it translates to, I can't survive without this job, this, this particular job. And this is that hyperbole. I need this job. No, I need a job. And so oftentimes we have these hyperbolic phrases that we say about our career. It's down to a word and that one word changes everything. And that change changes your subconscious, which changes how you act and behave. I don't need this job. I need a job. Needing a job frees me up to leave this job. And then the next one is my boss has to help me get promoted. No, you, here's the deal. Hyperbole, my boss. No, you may need a leader that you're aligned to in the organization to help you get promoted. You may need someone of influence to help you get promoted. You may need an external person from yourself to help you get the job you want, the promotion you want, the pay that you deserve. The hyperbole is, your boss. That person does not have to be your boss. So if you feel like your boss is working against you, work around them. Let Listen, work around them, people. You don't need your boss to help you get promoted. You may need a boss. It doesn't have to be yours. It may not even need to be a boss. 
there are people that have connected with me and I've connected them with an opportunity someplace outside of their organization. It was a promotion. I wasn't their boss. I wasn't the boss at that, at that other organization. I just made a connection. I was a person of influence. So stop telling yourself that you need this person, the person who's always blocked you, the person who won't give you a, the time of day, the person who you know is not in your corner. Stop telling yourself that they have to be the person to get you to where you want to be. They do not. So our first phrase in getting out is, first of all, getting rid of that little voice in your head, that devil in your head that's lying to you, that is a liar. I need you to speak back to it and tell it the truth. It is a liar. It is not lying. It is a liar. And it has an inability to speak the truth. Number two, I need you to get rid of the hyperbole in your career conversation. Change these things that are exaggerated phrases because there are so many things that you are telling yourself that are hyperbole that just are not true about your situation. And so this is our first in the series of Get Out. It is time for you to make an exodus from this place that you know you don't like, where you know you can't advance, where you can't get the promotion you want and the pay that you deserve. Here's the deal for many of you. Where you are was supposed to be temporary. You're tired of being there because you outlived your welcome. And you know that. You went into this job saying, I'm only going to be here for five years and now it's 15. This is just to get me through. And now you're staying, you're sitting, you've, you've gotten comfortable. There's nothing wrong with the job. There's something wrong with your stay there. The job is perfect. It did what it was supposed to do. It gave what it was supposed to give. But now it's out of giving and you're frustrated because you stayed belong its giving ability. Get out. I appreciate you for listening to Happily Ever Employed. Don't just change your life, change your friend's life and make sure to share this podcast. You can find me at Deetra Giles on Facebook or D-U-G-I-L-E-S on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me, you can reach me at D-U-G-I-L-E-S at execuprep.com. That's E-X-E-C-U. P-R-E-P dot com. And remember, I love you with my whole heart area. So go out, be great, unapologetically and on purpose.